This drink, I like it. I know, it's great, right? Another! What is going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Film on Tap, where we've got the tap that never runs out. Today, of course, I am joined by my wonderful co-hosts, Nancy and Andres, and we've got a fun, jam-packed show for you, as per usual. So we're going to dive right in. So first things first, today we, uh, we're going to be talking about a bit of news that was announced this past week, where David Robert Mitchell, the director of the original It Follows movie, announced that he's actually going to be directing and writing a follow-up called they follow which is going to be hitting theaters within the next couple of years and it's going to bring back the uh actress micah monroe who starred in the original movie so we've got a big bit of sequel news here now a did you see the original movie and what did you think of it and b how do we feel about there being a follow-up to it let's start with nancy yeah i never saw the original so this news yeah, I had a feeling. Was like that's cool <laughs> i was like let's Just see if she's seen this one uh, that's great no but i will say Per usual, I'm always weary of a sequel that comes out way later than the original. So I'll definitely have to see the original first before uh-huh. I make up my mind about them having a sequel. Gotcha. All right. Nice short succinct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Andres, have you seen the original movie? Oh, oh God, yeah. Oh, God, I saw the original movie. All right. Yes the- would have been fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, the, the original movie whole, sort of holds a special place in my heart because – that was the movie that I was watching in the theater when I got the call from LA, basically from your from your brother, uh, Nancy, um, Nerd Chronic, shout out, always awesome. Um, but uh, I got a call from him basically saying that I had the job of editing um, over at his company um, right when I was watching It Follows. So every time I just watch It Follows, I just I just get a little smile. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is the moment I, I went out and, and that, now I'm living out over in LA. But Apart from that, the movie <laughs> yeah, itself. Yeah, it's like, I don't, like, I don't care about now, your experience. <laughs> oh, yeah. No one cares about you're like, And now I'm not living there anymore. Yeah, yeah. No, that's just, no, that's just fucking funny. No, I'm just like, I all was, right, yeah. I, I mean, like, that's great and all, but. <laughs> but. But if I wasn't living in L.A., I would have never met you guys. So, ka-ching. See, it all comes together. That's, that's not what we're doing here. <laughs> ka-ching. Ka-ching. Uh, Fuck me for building a moment. Yeah, I don't need your moment. It's funny to have like a very uh, pleasant, nostalgic moment for like a horror movie. But but I also feel like sometimes like when you have an experience like that while you're watching a movie, it can definitely influence your experience of that movie. So I'm always curious, like because you have that positive experience while watching it, like maybe you liked it more because it reminds you of that moment. You know what I mean? Oh, see, but here's the thing is that – I was a little more than halfway through the movie and I was already so on board with the movie. I was loving every single aspect and it was just, it was just a cherry on top of the Sunday. But all I will say is with the original film, absolutely loved it. Top to bottom. I think it's a very taut, very smartly paced in a very subtle thriller that, that at that point in 2015, we haven't even seen like something like that where it was just low budget and it was done with a, a scary premise, which is this entity is just going to keep following you until it finally catches up with you. But the only way you can transfer it is to have sex with somebody, which is, which is oddly enough, it seems like a very nineteen huh. seventies. So, so it's an STD ghost. Got it. Yeah. 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 That's oh, been, oh yeah. That, that's the, that's, that's not spoiled. That's been in the first yeah. five minutes. Yeah. Okay. Got it. <laughs> Interesting. But, um, but yeah, but but the way they the way they play around with that creature in terms of. I'm not even going to spoil any of the big moments, but all I will say is they get very imaginative with how it's pursuing uh, Mika Monroe's character in the, in the original and the aspect that this is a movie that's almost 10 years later. Like what kind of questions can you ask with that? Or what kind of themes can you go in with Mika Monroe having evaded this thing for 10 years and it still, has not stopped in her in their pursuit of her, and I'm like, oh, see, like I'm picturing right now, like a story like a Sarah Connorism, where it's like, oh, you know what? Maybe, maybe it's it's just one of those things where where she constantly thinks about it, she's constantly having to evade it, and I'm like, oh, I, I, the the aspect that Mika Moreau is coming back to this franchise along with the original director, I'm very much looking forward to it. So yeah, um, I, I'm right on board, and if uh, if if what's called, if um, I, I know Miramax produced the original, 
but this to me sounds like an A24 type of horror movie for me. So I'm so on board. (laughs) Yeah. See, I am like in the opposite camp where I just recently watched it for the first time, the original movie, like maybe a couple weeks ago, I think. So it's pretty fresh in my mind. And, you know, I've had pretty high expectations going into it, considering so many people consider this like a classic. And I feel like that always works against a movie. Like, you know, it's much different, like when you saw it when it first came out and people hadn't really formed like this hype for it yet. But, you know, now years later when everyone's like, oh, this movie's so good. It's like a classic. It's like a cult classic horror movie. I was like, all right. And I love the concept. I was like, let's do it. And I just kind of found it underwhelming for me personally. Like, I just I like I like the concept. There are some creepy moments. There are some clever things that they do with the concept. And Micah Monroe is fantastic. But I don't know. It just felt like it could have been a little bit more engaging. And I just felt like it could have dialed up the horror a little bit more. And I mean, I love how slow this entity is without going into spoilers. But I just felt like the movie didn't really hook me the way that I wanted it to. Um, And it certainly sets itself up, I guess, a little bit for a sequel at the end. If, you know, now that this one's been announced, like you can figure it out. Like, okay, I can see how they're going to maybe do it. But I mean, I'm intrigued by a sequel. Maybe it'll be a little bit better. You know, I think, you know, David Robert Mitchell, I think he's only done one movie since uh, it follows. I think it's like Under the Silver Lake with Andrew Garfield, which is great, (laughs) which I have not seen. Um, Oh, you should see it. That movie is wild. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Maybe maybe I'll check it out. But um, it's it's certainly not what you expect from the yeah. director if it follows. That's for it's sure. Like, gotcha. It's like watching a fever dream, but like a very entertaining one. I yeah okay. uh, yeah absolutely in in the same way that like I, like the best way I could describe it is like a modern day uh, uh, David Lynch, which if which it's it's oh, like no. one of those things where it's like it's but it's good. very. <laughs> yeah, but, but but good. It's so much better. And, yeah, I was about to so say, I'm like, I'm not really a David Lynch guy. I'm yeah. be honest. Oh, neither am I. <laughs> yeah. But but it's all the aspects that I think David Lynch tries to do in all his movies. But this one does it very well, and it works. It it works absolutely. Yeah, and Garfield's uh, fantastic. I mean, I, I mean, like, I'm intrigued to see where he takes a sequel because again, I really do like the concept, and I feel like he can make it a little bit more terrifying because that was like his debut feature, and I feel like he's probably got some new visual tricks up his sleeve so i'm I'm interested but i'm not like overly excited just because i do think that the original is a little bit overhyped and that was just kind of my experience but you know i might give it a rewatch before the new one comes uh, comes out just to see if anything new arises and maybe my opinion changes but we'll see what happens when that comes out but that was definitely an out of nowhere announcement that i did not expect so that was that was very entertaining but speaking of entertaining, we're going to be moving on to some trailers right now. We have a couple big ones that hit this past week, the first of which is for The Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. That's right. These titles keep getting clunkier and clunkier. And we got to worry clunky to begin yeah, with, dude. Look, I don't even, don't, yeah, don't even get me. Don't, don't even get me started with these titles. They're just so clunky. But we got our first look at the movie, which is being directed, I believe, by Wes Ball, who did the Maze Runner movies. Um, and it you know takes place years after uh, the last Apes movie, and it follows Caesar's son, who's now like fully grown. So this is our first look at the movie. What did we think of this debut trailer? Andres, take us on a ride. Take us on a journey. What did you experience? You know what? The ride is exactly what, what I think this, this describes. Because, I mean, I think War of the Planet of the Apes, or at least that first trilogy, was so well done, and it came oh, out yeah. of nowhere. I mean, especially with with rise of the planet of the apes i mean like i was like eh, it looks like it could be okay but i'm not necessarily sure about this one one of the biggest surprises of 2011 for me and um and dawn i thought was one of those rare sequels that absolutely eclipses the original in every capacity and then war i thought was great close off for the franchise not necessarily the best out of the not necessarily the best out of the three but certainly yeah, still certainly good, yeah. really really high up there so Knowing that Fox wanted to continue this um, and knowing that they wanted to continue this and it wasn't going to be Matt Reeves again, but they're going to pass it on. But, you know, so watching the trailer, I was intrigued and I'm like, you know what? This very much feels like an evolution of where we were at with the last film. Mm -hmm. But it feels like we finally got to that playing the apes movie that we've always that, that for me personally that I've always been waiting on, which is the 1960s you know, um, the 1960s vibe of, you know, the primitive humans versus these slightly more evolved apes that, that are sort of the humans of the of the series, if you look at it. And 
I thought it's very intriguing and I thought it's it's a great way to go. However, once I saw who directed it, I just went, oh my God, because I absolutely detest the Maze Runner movies because okay. it is it is one of those things where the action all works, but the script is probably the worst case of sequel building I've ever seen in a movie because they do not answer certain questions because they're like, they're like, Oh, we know there's going to be a sequel. So we're not going to tell you every single possible thing, but it's like, books you know, are great. Like, I can say that books are great. Yeah. Oh, you read the books. Okay. Yeah. I read, okay. I read all the books. Yeah. I mean, I mean those maze Ryan movies just turned into what's the name? Uh, Dylan O'Brien. D- Dylan O'Brien running for three movies. And I'm like, great. What are we running from? Look, he can run. He's a runner. He, he, he can run, man. He lives up to the title. To the title. <laughs> what, what do you expect? He can run, but, but, every, but every single time Lord Baelish comes in and he's just like, you don't know what's in front of you. And I'm like, why don't you tell us? You, you know the answers right now. Why don't you just say one thing? Give Andres, us a carrot. Goose Fraba. Goose Fraba. Goose Fraba. Goose Fraba. Goose Fraba. Let's breathe in. Let's breathe out. It's going to yeah. be all right. We're going to work through this. But anyway, if <laughs> if if West Ball has learned from his mistakes with the Maze Runner, I, I'd be, you know what? I'm willing to give this a chance on that hope. And I certainly hope to God he doesn't try the whole sequel, the whole sequelitis world building because each and every single one of those um, original apes movies, or at least the, the original three in this franchise, they all felt very self-contained and they felt like there was little things that you could build upon in the next movie, but it felt like a very self-contained story. And that's what I want to see going forward. I don't want to see the whole, Oh, we're, we're doing this as a trilogy. We're doing this as a trilogy type of thing. I want to see, I want to see the one and done exactly the same way as the originals were, but what gives me hope on that is that the um, the screenwriters of the original uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, um, they actually came back to draft this script. And I mm-hmm. and they're, they're so widely, widely uh, just just under underappreciated as writers because they've written some really stellar stuff in the past. But, yeah, it's um, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic, but everything leads in a positive direction for me with this one. All right. Nancy, I know you have seen this trailer. <laughs> <laughs> that was a roller coaster of emotions. Uh, yeah, no, my red is more of a monorail because I have never seen, I think I've only maybe seen one Planet of the Apes movie out of all oh, wow. of them. Did you and see was, the, the last trilogy at all? No. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I have some catching up to do. So oh, this, don't tell me you saw the Tim Burton movie. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I saw the Tim Burton one. And there it is. Oh. Uh, yeah. I don't even think I actually watched the full movie. I think I've only seen like parts of it. Little Marky so. Mark. Oh, Marky <laughs> What are you talking about? Why are you all apes? <laughs> you all apes? Wait a minute. Why, why, is the, why, is the, uh, why is the Abraham Lincoln head? Why is it an ape head? I don't even know. <laughs> but great, great makeup effects by Rick Baker, though. Yeah, sure. that's that's it um no so yeah this this trailer didn't mean much to me unfortunately (laughs) nancy Uh, with the hot takes (laughs) yeah sorry sorry Um, i haven't seen it yeah but no for a teaser trailer i think it did well you know with the score and everything uh making it emotional i guess you could say watching it and it it definitely made me want to go let me go watch the other movies first before I assess this. I also think it sounds like the Maze Runner movies were more uh, a product of the writing rather than the directing. Yeah, yeah the directing so, is solid in those. Yeah, but, the so director, but the director also wrote the scripts. Well, he didn't write this one, Yeah, but so he's not good. writing this one. <laughs> it's what I mean. Yeah, I think that's yeah. what <laughs> makes it a little bit better. Yeah, exactly. Also, it's fucking Maze Runner movies. Like, what? I did not have high expectations for those movies. So I didn't have the high expectations and I didn't think they were going to get three movies just based off that first. But I mean, I feel like sometimes when you're in it, they're like, we're at that point. It's like, we're doing this no matter what. I don't Mm -hmm. care what these movies look like. We're, we're three in whether you like it or not. So with this, (laughs) I feel like let's at least get one good movie and then we'll see. We'll, we'll go from there and see how it is. Um, But yes, I promise I will watch the trilogy before this comes out. 
I feel like Nancy's just constantly putting herself in the hole of like, we have a big sequel coming out and she's never seen any of the original ones. So I she's know. like, I will watch the others before I see this. I <laughs> promise. I could not do that with Fast 10 because good Lord, that would have been like a whole week of movie watching. But I did watch some of them and a little summary. So, you know, I do some some homework sometimes. I, I did some research on that one. Yeah, some research. exactly. Um, but, you know, I want, you know, the, the, the last trilogy that came out, I freaking loved and like andres i was so surprised by that you know rise of the planet of the apes because like you i was like this looks okay and like do we really need another apes movie is anyone really asking for this at this point and then you just see the movie and you're like holy shit okay all right we got a new take here this is great i mean i think everyone had that same collective gasp where they realized they were watching a great movie when caesar screams no for the first time and like oh. literally we're like literally everyone was like uh, okay, maybe this is actually a great movie. <laughs> I mean, um, I mean, hell, even the apes in that are like, what? Yeah, like, seriously, we just got the like, Oscar nomination right there. Yeah, like that was the <laughs> moment where I was like, okay, this isn't just like some disposable summer entertainment. Like, this is actually like really good. And then the sequels were fantastic. Matt Reeves and on, and like my mind can just like do no wrong at this point. The guy is just a killer director. Um, so I was definitely cautious going into this trailer because I'm like, all right, West Bali did the Maze Runner movies. I enjoyed the action in those movies, but can he really carry an apes film? Because that's like a big endeavor. But visually, I really like what I'm seeing. I think the apes look phenomenal. I mean, it's crazy to see how the technology has come. Like, they look so good in this trailer. Uh, I really like that we're seeing, like, that Planet of the Apes feel where they feel like they're really in charge and that it really feels like a lived-in world. I love that. Uh, the action looks pretty damn good, too. I mean, for a teaser, we definitely see a lot more than I thought we were going to see. Um, but, yeah, I'm a little bit cautious just because... I don't know if it's going to really hold a candle to those past three movies, but I like that there feels like there's connective tissue between the last film and this one where it doesn't feel like it's like a reboot. It just feels more so of like a continuation of that world just in different hands. And I'm excited. I mean, I really like these apes movies and I hope that the quality continues to be, you know, uh, solid. And what I'm seeing so far looks pretty good. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. Now, as for the second trailer we're talking about today, I have some thoughts about <laughs> <laughs> about this one so the trailer was released for a new movie from david leach who a lot of uh john wick and deadpool fans will know uh it stars ryan gosling and emily blunt and it follows a stuntman who uh gets recruited to be a bounty hunter to find the actor for a movie that needs him in order to continue production and then you got an action-packed trailer here it is i have so many thoughts but before i go on my little tangent let's start with Nancy here. What did you think of this trailer? I, and I, know, I know it's fresh in your mind because you like just yeah, watched it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, no, the concept is interesting for me. I think it's, I don't know, it's weirdly not falling enough into the bizarre, if that makes sense. It's in this weird gray area where it's not quite like The Lost City or, you know, these other movies where they take these very uh, unlikely scenarios and they make them more real so i feel like with this it's like okay i guess you could hire a stunt guy to go look for this other guy but why i don't know uh and i feel like a lot of the trailer is hanging on uh ryan gosling being funny and uh, jokey which he's great at but yeah. that's all that i walked away with from this trailer um, I don't think Emily Blunt can quite pull it off and bounce off of Ryan Gosling that well. So it looks like it's going to be a fun, dumb movie. I'm sure I'll go see it and enjoy it, but I don't think I'm going to walk away like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to walk away be like, that was great, you know. So from the trailer, the, yeah, it doesn't look fantastic. Okay, Andres. I think the concept so far is great. I mean, in terms of just, you know, we're working on sets and all this other stuff. You know, it's it's funny because like like it's kind of like it's kind of weird that uh, he gets recruited to be a bounty hunter. Whereas when you're on the set, you're just like everyone's doing every job. It doesn't matter what their job position is; they're off doing the same exact thing that somebody else that they could pay would be able to do. But you know what? We got this guy already on our payroll, and he's not seemingly doing anything right now. So why don't we just get him to go look for our actor? <laughs> but um. I, I so so far everything I, I everything from the trailer I really dug, um, you know I, I do have some thoughts about Emily, Emily Blunt and um, the pairing between her and Ryan Gosling for sure. My big issue with the trailer is that it seems like they spoiled the twist. It's a long trailer, long trailer. 
Yeah, a, a it was long, like three a, minutes. Yeah, it's like yeah. why are you showing so much stuff? Yeah, yeah, that's, and that's other thing. Yeah, the, the, and and it kind of seems like they're like, oh, wouldn't it have been funny to go into the movie and see that Aaron Taylor Johnson was dead this entire oh, I time? That was a different person. Oh no, it's no, like no, I'm pretty sure it was him. Really? Yeah. It looked, like yeah. A, it looked like a different person. I don't know. Maybe I was confused. Well, then, yeah. Wow. Fuck that. Why would they show that? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, so I, I think he just like went into like a random hotel room and found a dead body. That's why I left. <laughs> yeah, oh, so. no. I think. Oh, okay. Well, maybe the twist will be he's actually alive. Maybe that's why they showed it. It's his brother. <laughs> it's his, his twin, twin brother. brother. Blazer. <laughs> <laughs> Although, oh, my goodness. Have you guys ever seen the Crank movies? Yeah, I love the Crank movies. No. Oh, yeah. There's a moment where one character dies in the original, and then he comes back in the sequel. He's like, I was his older brother. And then it cuts to like all these really, really weird moments in the original where technically that actor actually has a twin brother. So they shot scenes with both of them. And you're like, Oh, that's oh, funny. All right, I'll, I'll buy this. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> By the We're way, like if you in, haven't seen the crank movies, people watch them. They're delightful. <laughs> oh, We're like so in good. Beer Fest where uh, the landfill dies. I thought his twin brother shows up. He's like, you can just call me landfill. It'll be like, I never died. I love that. <laughs> wow. He even smells like landfill. <laughs> God, I love Beer Fest. But, but yeah, but so far with everything, I think the action looks on point. Um, I, 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 do, I do like how they're bringing in um, Ryan Gosling, or at least the um, the the Fall Guys uh, job job qualifications into doing all the stunts. Because like, there's that moment where he's about to jump on the roof. He's like, he's assessing it. He's like, nope, too yep. risky, too risky. Can't <laughs> there's got to be stairs. There's got to be stairs. <laughs> <laughs> there's got to be stairs. But yeah, but um, I, I if, if they can keep that playful nature of it, um, I'm 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 sure this is going to be a very fun movie. Even though Bullet Train was the last thing that um. David Leach had done that I think kind of fell squarely on the, the writing more than anything else for me in terms of why I didn't I connect with certain train. things, but, but, but it's train. fun, but yeah, but, but it's a yeah. lot of fun. It, it's, it's, it's not, it, it doesn't hold a candle to me on John wick or yeah. Deadpool two. Oh, yeah, so yeah. yeah. So yeah. So maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe it's just going to be fun and dumb, which yeah. can be great movies. Yeah. And, and, and I think David Leach is also, um, a very very solid choice to direct this because David Leach was a stuntman before he became a director, so he could possibly bring his own experience into this film as well. So yeah. I, I have a lot of hope. So yeah, it looks. Okay. I will say the most relatable part in this whole trailer was when he goes to do the hotel key. Oh, I love <laughs> that part. That was so great. <laughs> that just Ryan Gosling just being Ryan Gosling was perfect. Like, every time yeah. he hit the door, and I was like, "That's fucking like he's so good yep. at like physical comedy." <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that he's leaning into that in this point of his career that he knows that yeah. he can be funny because he's so ever since the nice funny. guys. Oh my gosh, oh, it's the best. So I love funny oh, yeah. Gosling. It's the best. Um, <laughs> but I think I saw a comment under the trailer of this movie that completely summarized how I feel about this trailer, and, it, and the, the comment was, "This looks." amazing and terrible at the same time it must be a david leach movie <laughs> and i was like i that's exactly yeah. how i feel about this because like visually it looks stunning like the action sequences look fantastic ryan gosling i will pretty much see anything he's in and i love that we're leaning into the you know comedic chops of him um and the story the idea of it is really fun and i was like okay cool but i felt like this trailer didn't know whether it wanted to sell a romantic comedy starring Emily Blunt and Ryan Gosling or sell an action comedy starring Ryan Gosling. It, it kind of just didn't know what it wanted to sell you. And so I felt like this trailer was like, it felt like two trailers put into one and I didn't really know which movie I really wanted to see more, probably more so him just trying to find this actor and just being Ryan Gosling and being funny because yeah. I love Emily Blunt, but like it feels like a weird chemistry between the two of them where I feel like they just don't seem like a good pair uh, yeah. like comedically and romantically, but we'll see. Maybe the movie, it'll be a little bit better. But yeah, I, I really do feel like there are parts of this trailer that really work for me that got me laughing and that I thought looked fantastic. And then other parts where I'm like, like I, don't, like, I don't know. I don't know about this one. Like, I really do feel like this movie could go either way where it could either be a really fun, 
lighthearted good time or it could just be kind of a mess and yeah. walk away from it thinking okay this is a huge waste of potential which i'm hoping it's not but maybe it's just bad trailer editing you know maybe it's just you know the movie will speak for itself i'm hoping it's the latter um and you know we'll see what happens when it hits theaters in march but yeah i definitely feel like they showed way too much in this trailer there's no reason it needed to be like three and a half minutes long i hate when movies do that it's like you just don't need it you just don't yeah um, Honestly, I think it's a product of the strike, too, because I think studios right now are starting to feel that burn where they're like, we really need people to come out and see movies soon. It's like, yeah, yeah but pay your actors and pay your writers. <laughs> yeah. The thing that I've noticed, though, with especially comparing David Leach to Chad Stahelski, who, you know, they both co-directed the first John Wick movie and they both come from stunt backgrounds, is that I feel like when I'm watching Stahelski's movies, it really more so feels like a movie directed by someone who is in stunts because it's like so perfectly done and it has that feel of someone who has orchestrated a lot of stunt sequences before. And then I watch David Leach's movies and they just feel more like Hollywood, like they feel more like big budget filmmaking rather than someone who came from a stunt background, if that makes sense. And I kind of prefer yeah. Helsky's direction where it feels more so like, oh, you're getting a very distinct kind of visual direction. While this one, it's impressive, but it does feel like, you know, typical Hollywood blockbuster filmmaking, if that makes sense. Well, Generic. well, well um, David Leach, I know he does get some of the bigger, more, more bigger Hollywood budgets. Which I don't understand because the John Wick movies are fucking phenomenal. I don't know how he's not getting bigger projects, but I know he, I think he's doing Ghost of Tsushima, which I'm amped about. Oh, God, yeah. And everything I've heard about that is just sounding like – Like he's a perfect fantastic. choice. Perfect oh, choice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But um, but but also keep in mind, uh, what's what's the other director's name? Chad um, – Stahelski. Stahelski. Yeah, I, I – I, I can't even begin to attempt to try to pronounce that name whenever I see it on there. I always think it's Stadhelsky, but I, <laughs> but like, and then I like, I remember I went to IMDb after I shot my review of it. I was like, fuck. <laughs> it's like, son of a bitch. You Why is your D silent? <laughs> you know, uh, you know, speaking about David Leach stuff, I'm like, anytime I see a very hard name to pronounce, I always cut back to that moment in Deadpool where he pulls out the card of the person he's supposed to assassinate and then it's just this long, this long thing of just uh, Japanese. And he's like, I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, it just, it, they definitely have very distinct styles. Like I feel like David Leach more showed his stunt background in like atomic blonde, which I felt more so felt like someone who came from stunts. And then I feel like after that movie, he kind of just became a big Hollywood blockbuster filmmaker, which don't get me wrong. Good for you. I'm glad that you were able to ride that train and get these huge projects, but I kind of wish he maintained that feel while still in that blockbuster filmmaking world and not lose that. But mm -hmm. I'm hoping uh, Stahelski is able to maintain that with his other projects. But that's neither he's, here nor he's, there. He's simply just been on the John Wick movies. So, you know, I mean, it's, there's it's, a little it's more. It's going to be nice for him to finally branch out. Mm -hmm. One day. <laughs> yeah. Well, one day. Yeah. Well, uh, well, I mean, I think they're not making a John Wick movie for a while, so he should be all right. Knock on yeah, wood. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I I, he said it. It, he said it's over for now. So I was like, okay, good. That means like, I'm going to do other shit. Probably come back to this later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's basically what that's code for. Um, but anyway, speaking of big budget filmmaking, not in the sense that you're probably thinking of. Let's talk about the new Martin Scorsese movie, Killers of the Flower Moon, which. Uh, originally it was going to be hitting Apple and have like a limited run in theaters, but then it got a huge wide theatrical release. Hasn't been doing great in theaters, which I don't think is very surprising considering it's a three and a half hour Martin Scorsese movie. But and I think this movie has a budget of like what one two hundred million something like that. Two fifty, including marketing. Ridiculous. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. Um, I, I mean, I'm sorry, but when when 50 million of that paid, 50 million of that is going to Leo DiCaprio's uh, fee. Sit down, sit the fuck down right now. Man, Leo. Why, an Oscar. Why, why, why? Why? No, De Niro has won, has been nominated for more Oscars than freaking Leo has ever done, and I thought he. We can go into that later. Sorry. Yeah, we're getting, listen, we're getting Andres riled up today. Yeah, okay. Listen, he's riding his Oscar, his own Oscar coattails. Okay. He went to Oscar. He asked for more money. That's just how mm. it goes. But anyway. <laughs> I didn't say it was earned. Yeah. So anyway, good. so this okay. $250 million movie hit theaters. It's been doing okay in theaters. Not nearly as well as it should considering its budget. Um, but it follows the, the story of the true story of a series of murders of the Osage tribe. Uh, members of that tribe um, in the early, I think it was early 1900s. 
Yeah. 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 Or, or early 1900s, right. 18, 1800s. Yeah. yeah. It was like after, around that time period. I think it was right after World War One, maybe? I think right, we, should and, re- we probably should have. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> we probably should have. I swear I watched the movie and was No, I swear to God I watched the movie. But hang on, uh, hang on. I'm yeah, double checking for you guys. Uh, there we go. Talk about Leo being in the war and Yeah, know, he was definitely he just came back was, from a war. Yeah, so I think it was Oh wow. Uh, yeah, it was it was after World War 1, so it's 1919. Okay. <laughs> okay, so yeah. All right, so early okay. 1900s, we were there. We, we were there. Right? We all got yeah, it. We, we got the ballpark. We're on the ballpark. Um, but yeah, it follows the series of murders, and then we have this, you know, uncle and nephew played by Robert. Uh, I was about to say Robert Downey Jr. Jesus Christ, <laughs> <laughs> Robert oh, De Niro and Leo DiCaprio, respectively, and they're kind of up to no good. They're nefarious, more so De Niro's character. And then you have your intense Scorsese drama for three and a half hours. So first of all. Before we jump into this movie, if you haven't seen it, we like to say this every time, definitely uh, consider watching the movie coming back. Going to be a lot of spoilers in this discussion. We're going to first talk about what our general thoughts of the movie were, and then we'll dive into some spoiler territory. But you have been warned, so keep that in mind. But now, Killers of the Flower Moon. Let's start with Nancy on this one. I know, I think out of the three of us, you did, you just didn't want to see this. <laughs> when it went to theaters, I was like, God. You're like, come on, three and a half hours. Come on, for my art. (laughs) I was was really hoping it'd be on streaming. So, you know, take a break, get some snacks. You hope every movie's on streaming. Throw in some laundry, (laughs) you know. Multitasking is where it's at. I can do it and watch a movie. Uh, That being said, I will say I did enjoy it more than I thought I would. Although it was a low bar going in, I will say. Because Again, it's a three and a half hour movie. And I saw it at like fucking, I don't know, after work at night. I think it was like 830 or something. And oh, man, towards the end, I was like, this is falling asleep here. I got it. I need need caffeine. I need something. Um, Who's got it? I I say. (laughs) I feel like Scorsese's in his like fuck it era, which I somewhat respect. Yeah, you can do anything at this point. Yeah, where he's just like, see, Yep, there you go. They that agree. gang, they always know. They, they always They're know. They're like, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, fucking Scorsese. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, I really do feel like he's in the like, you know what? I'm just going to make whatever I want. This story sounded interesting to me. So I'm going to make a three and a half hour long movie. It's just so, so, it's just so funny. He's like, oh, Netflix isn't going to make my $200 million movie. I'm going to go to Apple. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um. And you can really tell, especially when, like, in the front of the movie, they bring out the director and he starts talking about the movie. And, like, I hate when they do that because it's like, okay, this clearly is a passion project that you're trying to sell us on that you already know isn't going to do great. So you're trying to give the background of, like, why you made this movie. So I think, obviously, the length got to me. I think I did enjoy it more than I thought I would, like I said. Uh, the acting was fantastic by the lead uh, female role, who's I, Lily Gladstone. Lily Gladstone. Yes, she was great. Um, the sisters were great. I Robert De Niro is great. I think this just was too flat of a story, uh, and was presented too flat of a story uh, to be this movie because, like, it wasn't like there was these big, big moments to keep you involved in it it was just like this is a cool story that i'm going to make a movie out of you know i respect the fact that it was based on a true story and it was interesting but not enough to be this movie so yeah all right andre um first off walking into this movie i mean of course it is it is definitely one of those things where you're like, all right, you got to almost prepare mentally for this because it's three and a half hours. And then also because it's a, it's a Scorsese movie as well, too. Scorsese is one of those people that despite whatever you think about the movie, you're going to have some type of some type of intense experience with everything that he does, be it with excess in freaking Wolf of Wall Street or. Or just, um, or just, or just following an entire lifetime of a person in the Irishman. He's he's done work that is very, very unique and shows why he's one of the true masters of directing, even still at this day. And he's not lost his touch, I think. But I will say this movie, I really enjoyed it. I was on board almost one hundred percent of the way through, but. 
I will say there were certain moments that they could have definitely have trimmed back a little bit here and there. Um, but overall, it's not my favorite Scorsese movie, but it is far from the worst. Far from, far, far, far from the worst. Uh, I like this one better than The Irishman. And yeah. uh, Lily Gladstone, I think, is the standout of the entire movie, right next to De Niro. Leo, I thought, I thought he did a great... Leo's kind of also fallen into this place where we know what we're getting with Leo. We're not getting anything different with Leo. So it's, it's like, You're like he's so good. Yeah. We expect it and don't care anymore. Well, it's just like, yeah, well, I feel well, like he's like kind he of played a character like this before it. Yeah. Granted, this is a more yeah. like despicable character, but like it's a great performance, but like we've seen this exact great performance from him before. Like, I feel like yeah. that's what you're really trying yeah. to get at. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and also it's just like, okay, the only thing he does different is that he's just like, yeah. the entire time i'm like okay all right leo we get it you're trying but um but but overall i i think the movie does there's definitely points where it drags here and there but it's not necessarily because of the content of the story it's more just because certain moments tend to go on a little long and i think that that's an intentional thing by scorsese but I mean, overall for me, I would still really recommend this movie, but I will say that this one, you have to walk into it being prepared. That's going to be three and a half hours. And then what you're going to watch is something that's very um, intense and almost to a certain extent, uh, heartbreaking to see just what the such people are actually like, what they're going through and just the, the, the amount of, for lack of a better word, vipers that are all around them that are just, you know, just using them in small ways here and there. And it's, it's very, it's very heartbreaking to watch that. And knowing that this is based on a true story or the majority of it, it's, it's one of those where, where it's, it's, you feel the runtime, but more than anything, you just feel exhausted emotionally by the end. Cause you're just like, man, I mean, why can't these people get a break? But you know, watch it, it on is, streaming. Uh, just, no. just watch it on streaming. Just I, I, watch I, it on streaming. I don't. I, I, it's hard I, not to recommend watching a Scorsese movie in a theater because it's meant for a theater. It's it's meant for a theater, and but I will say, um, the movie is gorgeous. Yeah, it's a, beautiful. It's it's a beautiful movie, and apart from Leo's salary, everything, everything, all the money is on screen right there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. When when two hundred million of your budget is going, you no, know, when you have a movie that's. 200 million and 30 is going to Leo. I'm like, and, and De Niro's is, is far, far less. And you took a pay cut for this. I'm like, eh, sit, sit down, Leo. I know, I know you won. I know you won an Oscar, but De Niro is, is, is a legend and he probably deserves to get paid even more than you do. But again, budget is escalating through the roof. There was no way this movie was going to make its budget back, even no matter what they did. Yeah. But I think, I but mean, I it's think, not even like there were big, like, it's not like an action movie where you need all that money to like blow up shit. You know, there wasn't even like, well, that one, but <laughs> there wasn't <laughs> even, you know, a lot of shit going on in the movie where it would cost that much money. It's bananas. Well, well, probably more in the costume design and everything else. Um, I mean, because like I said, everything about the movie, I absolutely bought the world and I bought that this was 1919. So, you know, kudos for them on that. Yeah. Overall, I think it's a very solid movie. It's definitely better than The Irishman for me. Um, it is not Scorsese's best, but it is also not his worst. It's like right in that sweet spot in the middle, which is still pretty damn good. It's far better than a lot of movies even today. And it was funny. I was putting it on Letterboxd. And I'm like, oh, it's number 12 in my, in my list of all the movies I've seen this year. And it's still just like, okay, you know what? It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um. I'm I'm definitely in agreement with you. I think it's good, not great Scorsese. And I do feel like this movie absolutely did not need to be three and a half hours. I just feel like there are moments that, like you said, go on way too long. I think this is a story that didn't need three and a half hours to be told. It's a powerful, interesting story. And I do understand some of the choices that Scorsese decided to make to really make you feel the emotional fallout of the story and just how harrowing and just deeply depressing it is. The fact that this is a true story and that this actually happened and i think it works in that regard for sure but i just never felt like completely hooked by this movie like there was never really 
like a stretch of time where I was like, oh, I'm so in. Like, this is incredible. It's like I'm appreciating everything I'm seeing on screen. Like, it's visually gorgeous. The performances, especially from De Niro, are phenomenal. This is the best I've seen De Niro in years. And I honestly think he should win Best Supporting Actor for this movie. I think it's a toss-up between him and Robert Downey Jr. for that award. Um, I think that... Um, you know, DiCaprio is really solid as per usual, but Gladstone, I think, crushes it in this movie. It was just a powerhouse and like subtle performance. Um, and I do think that there are po- points of this story that really do. I think the last hour of this movie is fantastic. That's where I kind of like woke up and I was like, OK, yeah. this is the movie I wanted for like the past, like, you know, two and a half hours where it's this great kind of courtroom drama. And then it's kind of you're seeing all this disturbing stuff happening outside of the courtroom, too. And I just had this theory that anytime Jesse Plemons shows yes. up in a movie, it's just <laughs> going to get better. <laughs> yep. Because what do we as soon as his character gets introduced, I was like, oh, OK, what are we doing? What are we doing, Plemons? Yeah. Well, like, and he's always great. He's always great. He, he's great. But then that's when that's the point in the movie where it's sort of the screws start turning and they start going, yeah. oh, my God. Like, like the stakes are finally coming up to catch yeah. up Just with De Niro and freaking uh, Leo DiCaprio. Like one of my favorite moments is is freaking De Niro just like just just like slapping him in the middle of the, in the middle of the dance going, hey, 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 calm down, calm down, calm down. You're going to be calm. You're going to be calm. <laughs> no, I just I love I, he just has like this presence that like he shows up into a movie and like you just know it's like going to be a good performance you know that you're in good hands and like there's a reason why he keeps popping up in all these high profile projects he's like an mvp he's like a great pinch hitter you put him in there he's going to give you a a solid double or a solid triple and he's going to elevate your movie and that's what i love about him um but yeah when that last you know hour happens when you're really starting to see kind of everything start to fall apart it's thrilling and it's fantastic and i think that's when you're getting the best out of de niro and dicaprio in those scenes and i especially you know we'll delve into spoilers i guess now um i especially loved that last scene between dicaprio and gladstone where she's like what was in the shot and like you don't know if he was so naive and blinded that he didn't mm-hmm. know or that he's so despicable that he's trying to put on this performance like he didn't know when in reality he knew he was poisoning her. Yeah. And it's this great kind of ambiguous note that you're left on where DiCaprio is so good in that moment where you genuinely don't know which yeah. one it is. And I think that's why I really loved his performance because he's able to play all those different notes um, outside of his usual range. And I thought that was awesome. Um, and I loved Brendan Fraser. I know that's like the, the controversial <laughs> fucking thing. So weird. What, what, what a weird thing to complain about. What, because like, he like jumps into the scene and, you know, someone even like went into it the It was book just unexpected. And, it was found, just like... and found the page where he says his first line, his character's first line. It's the same thing. I'm like, just because he woke you up doesn't mean that it's a bad performance. I thought he was great. Yeah. I thought, yeah, he was, yeah. Awesome. Well, I thought also, it was good. It was just so unexpected. It was just so very loud. Jarring. Yeah. Well, because yeah, the rest of the movie like, is so, like, subdued. Hell? And then all of a sudden he comes in and he's like, you're on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, 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 I, but I will say one thing, though. I mean, I thought it was a very strong choice for Scorsese to put in Taylor Swift's bad blood during that scene where uh, where, Mario, where, uh, where Brendan Fraser comes in. Because <laughs> so I was like, oh, that's interesting. Fucking happened to me. <laughs> yeah, the entire time I was hearing freaking Taylor Swift. It was just the worst experience. Uh. I I not give a shit about Taylor Swift. I was like, you know what? Good, yeah. good on her for for releasing this. But the second that your Don't movie, my movies. yeah, like yeah. literally every time there was a, like, and this is a relatively quiet movie. So literally, yeah. I'm hearing like this stadium concert right next door. I'm like, you're yeah. killing. Like another reason why I just I don't give a shit about Taylor Swift. I don't have anything against her. It's just like. I She's ruining my movie experience now. <laughs> like right. you've crossed yeah. the line. Oh, yeah. oh, <laughs> especially yeah, no. when it's so quiet. I think for us it was uh I can't remember exactly what scene, but it was definitely like a more somber scene. It was quiet. Yeah, I mean, it might have been like a funeral Taylor scene. Swift song. And all of a sudden we hear like Whoa! <laughs> like cheering. And it's like, oh, okay, God. that's it's yeah. fucking ridiculous. And and, and, that, and that's one of those things where the theater I was in, um, because I was a projectionist, I went out and I asked uh the um I asked, I asked a customer service like how loud is the movie? Because it kind of feels like we can hear everything that's going out in the hallway. And there's like one person that's in the hallway speaking and they're like, Oh, we have it. We have it down to reference one. I'm like, Taylor Swift is at what? Oh, reference three. Fucking turn up killers of the flower moon. We can't hear shit right now. All right. Why is Taylor Swift like three times louder than this goddamn movie right now? I guess they're trying to make it like an actual concert you're going to, but it's like, yeah, but like people are seeing other shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. It, it was driving me crazy. Again, I was like, there was the one time I was like, look, I love you, Scorsese. I want to see your movie in theaters, but I know this would have been better at home. Yep. 
and, and, and it's not and it's not Scorsese's fault no, on this. It's not his fault. It's, he did not know that yeah. Taylor Swift was going to release a concert movie the same week. <laughs> <laughs> although, although uh, one of my buddies is um, is a huge fan of the NFL and movies, and then after he saw Killers of the Flower Room, he's like. Taylor Swift is ruining both the NFL and the movie going experience. God damn exactly. it. <laughs> yeah. Just like stay in your lane, please. <laughs> hey, but the Swifties showed up. Anyways, anyway, killers of the flower boat. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, enough about that. But uh, you know, I, I think like the entire time it was just like it's definitely not peak Scorsese. It's definitely not his worst movie. But you ever have one of those experiences where like you watch a movie like this, you go home, you're like, that was good wasn't like phenomenal and then you hop online and everyone's like this is incredible this is phenomenal this is one of Scorsese's yeah. fine and you're like did I miss something yeah. where like it just like did I but then like now I'm at a point where I'm like I don't I'm, I'm not always going to fall in line with the masses like I'm going to have my own opinion and then yeah. once I started finding some people you know like you guys and some other people I follow that like felt very similarly I was like okay at least I'm not crazy where like I just thought it was like fine like it's good yeah. has a lot of good things about it but like is this a movie I'm going to like turn on one rainy day no like no. it's just like this yeah. is kind of one of those Scorsese movies like you're not gonna read it like this isn't a good fellas this isn't a wolf of wall street this isn't you know any of his classic films where you're just gonna be like you know what I can watch three hours of this right now because it's so damn good like I don't I'm not gonna go back and rewatch the Irishman even though I enjoyed that one like I'm not gonna watch that three and a half hour movie <laughs> yeah. I barely finished you know, that one. <laughs> I feel like it's like I don't know it's like Metallica you know, Metallica was fantastic, great. But all of a sudden, their songs started getting longer and longer. And then they had a 10-minute song. And, you know, they finally realized, okay, yes, we can do a 10-minute song. And it is pretty good because we're fucking Metallica. But it doesn't mean we have to. And I feel like that's what Scorsese is doing. It's like, look, you don't have Metallica. to make it. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to make it three and a half hours long to still have an impact for an important story. And just because you can do it doesn't mean you should do it. And I feel like he just needs to reel himself back in a little bit because – Goodfellas is a movie I can put on any oh, time yeah, same, of day. Yeah, same. Um, it is honestly one of the most rewatchable movies yes. ever made. It's incredible. So rewatchable. And it's because it has such great lines. It has such great acting. It has such great directing. Like, it's firing on all cylinders. And I feel like this had such good moments. And it had really good acting. It's just like it's not collectively pulling itself together yeah. so that it packs a punch. And I think that's like... Yeah, just, yeah, that was my big problem with it. I, it didn't have the emotional wallop that I think it ha it had for other people. Because mm -hmm. for me, like I left the theater, I was like, okay. I know that was depressing. Felt like an important story that needed to be told. But I'm not like, you know, emotional. You know, like I'm not just like, oh my God. Like, I don't know. Like, what like, what do I do with the rest of my day? Like, it was just kind of like, yeah. all right, all right. I'm just going to go home yeah. and watch some stuff. <laughs> like, it just, like, yeah. I didn't really feel as emotionally affected by it as I think I wanted it to or, or that I wanted to rather. And I just, I don't know, I felt like it missed the mark. And that's why it ultimately didn't like work as well as I think it should have considering the pedigree involved in the story. But that is what it is. But, you know, what would you guys give it out of five pints? I would say for me, it's, you know, I thought about this for a little bit and there's certainly some really, really great moments in this. And I think for me, the runtime definitely bogged it down a little bit. Um, DiCaprio's performance, while good, was not anything that is it's not it's not worth the thirty million budget that 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 he's getting paid for this. I'm like, wait, what? He didn't eat a horse this time around. <laughs> you know what? He, and he he took far less for that. But anyway, um, but 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 for me, but for me, um, with this movie being so hyped for so long, like apparently this was the movie that Scorsese basically broke up with Netflix. Like, ne like Scorsese was like, Netflix is the future. And then the second that they wouldn't give him the budget for this, he's like, peace. <laughs> and then he's like, Apple right. is the future. <laughs> yeah, Apple's <laughs> the future now. <laughs> but um, overall, I think the moments are really great. I just think sometimes it takes a little too long to get to certain emotional beats that by the time we get to them, we're like, oh yeah, we, we were feeling this moment. I and mean, Honestly, I wanted to spend more time with Lily Gladstone's character because that character I feel is sort of the emotional anchor for the movie for me in terms of just, you know, in terms of just seeing all the stuff that's going on all around her. And Jesse Plemons, like you said, is, you know, is a standout every time. But overall, it's very emotionally affecting. But is it the Scorsese I'm going to go back to? 
Maybe not. Maybe it might change a little bit with, with a rewatch. I know when I went to go see Wolf of Wall Street, I was not fully on board with that movie as everybody else was, but that is because I don't know that first, that first watch through, I was just kind of like, eh, whatever. Okay. It's excess. And then watching it the second time, I'm like, <laughs> it's excess. And then the third time watching, I'm like, <laughs> all right, this is total excess. All right. I love this movie now, but I'm not sure if I'm going to have the same reaction with killers of the flower moon. So overall I would give it, I went from a three and a half originally, and then I thought about it a little more, and there's great stuff about it, but I would say it's probably going to lean down to uh, a four. Sorry. Sorry. Literally. I'm sorry. Listen, listen. If Scorsese is going to take so long, if he's going to take so long to tell his movie, I'm going to take equally as long. It's not even that. It's not even you going on, you know, you know, expressing your opinion. I think it was the fact you were talking about Wolf of Wall Street and you were laughing, laughing, and then you just took a sharp turn where like your face just dropped and you're like, but this movie, I just, <laughs> I just <laughs> and I just like, I was trying to stifle it, but then Nancy started laughing too. I was like, and, and we're done. <laughs> Great. And just for that, you added an extra two minutes to the review. <laughs> yep. I mean, you just got so close to saying what you're, you're rating this. And yeah. then you, like, and then, and then you just kind of pivoted. Almost there. It's, it, but, but, okay, but so it's, 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 it's I, I said four, but I will say this is, this is a hard movie to break down. It's a hard movie to really kind of, put a rating on it for me because yeah. there's so much great stuff, but it doesn't all necessarily hit when it should. That's the issue. Well, yeah, because okay. gotcha. it's too damn long. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. the issue. Yeah. Like succinct. All right. Like, so we have score. a four out of five from Andres, Nancy. Oh, go three and a half. Yeah, I'm also in a three and a half camp. I think there's enough here that's worth re- like it's still worth recommending to people because I'm curious to see what other people would think. And I think it's yeah. you know even middle of the road Scorsese is still better than most movies that come out nowadays. So mm-hmm. it's definitely worth watching at least once. But yeah, th- that's our take on the movie. So let us know in the comments what you thought of Killers of the Flower Moon if you have checked it out, and also let us know what you think of the trailers for The Fall Guy and Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes and the announcement that we're getting an It Follows sequel. Let us know in the comment section below. We always want to know your opinions of these topics. And before we head on out, where can the people find you on the interwebs, guys? We'll start with you, Andres. Uh, you can find me on as Galagost on Instagram, uh, Twitter, and Twitch. You can find me as Galagost209, and you can also find me here. Boom. There you go. All right, Ooh, Nancy. Look at that succinct. Love it. I was getting good. <laughs> uh, you can find me at PL underscore Band-Aid on Twitter and Instagram. Of course, you can find me here. Leave comments. There you go. And you can find me on the interwebs, Twitter and Instagram at Tom Chattelbash and Facebook uh, and YouTube at Chattelbash Reviews. You can also find me on TikTok uh, at Chattelbash Reviews if you want to follow me on there. And before we head on out, thank you for tuning into another brand new episode of the show. We appreciate it. You know, we're over 50 episodes deep now, so we appreciate you if you've been watching for a while or listening for a while. And uh, stay tuned for our next episode of Film on Tap where we've got the tap that never runs out. We'll see you next time, guys. Bye. Bye.